Chapter 3 in uh, the book Managing Your Anger by Neil T. Anderson and Rich Miller is called A Worthy Goal. Uh, so obviously it's going to be uh, about setting goals and um, how, to, how to go about meeting goals. And um, so we will uh, start off with a quote here that they bring up. It says, Note Paul's persistent wisdom in Ephesians 4, 25 to 26. He speaks first to prevent our sinning. If we do not listen, he does not abandon us. His role as a spiritual father does not allow him to give on us easily. It is like the doctor who tells the sick person what he must do. If the patient refuses to hear him, he does not write him off. Rather, he continues to care for him by giving him further persuasive counsel. So too does Paul. He has already said, do not lie. But suppose anger would arise from lying. He then deals with this. What does he say? Be angry and do not sin. It is better not to grow angry at all. But if one ever does fall into anger, he should at least not be carried away by it toward something else. And that's by Chris Ostom. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, the tension was overwhelming as I stepped into Byron's office. His wife Marilyn and teenage daughter Meredith were there as well. Meredith was determined to marry Jonathan, a young Christian about eight years her senior. Byron was bound and determined to do everything he could to stop her or die trying. It was a classic irresistible force meeting the unmovable object. Marilyn, a godly woman, was torn between submitting to her husband and not wanting to alienate her daughter. Her story, as told to me, is gut-wrenching. As a family, we were in the test of our lives. Most responding as things were hurled mostly responding as things were hurled at us, flaming arrows. Byron was really angry and could not control it. I became angry with him for driving Meredith away. I thought I could be the one to keep those two strong willed, emotional, stubborn people I love so much from destroying each other. I could not. So much damage, so many inappropriate actions, angry, so many destructive words, anger. I remember screaming at Byron at the top of my voice, Why won't you stop this? This was the last time Meredith asked if she could come home. Byron's answer, Leave Jonathan. Meredith was screaming at him too. I can't believe this memory. Such an explosion of emotion. Meredith left home after we found out she was still seeing Jonathan. My husband dared Jonathan to come and face us. Byron lost it with Meredith while Jonathan was on his way over to our house. He got physical with her. First time ever, totally out of control. I was petrified. I remember feeling desperate. I couldn't figure out how to defuse Byron. I knew he was going to have a heart attack. I could see his heart beating through his shirt. There was no color on his lips. His eyes were not his. Help, God. Meredith was traumatized. I really wondered what would happen to Jonathan when he drove up. Help, God. Byron's goal for his daughter was being blocked and it made him livid. His angry... He was angry because of his inability to control his child. Fortunately, God intervened. He stopped trying to undo what he thought was a bad thing and decided to make the best of it. Eventually, he came to accept Jonathan and Meredith's marriage. Several years ago, D.L. Thomas and A.J. Weigert conducted research to determine which parenting styles produced the following. 1. Children who have a good self-image and are happy being who they are. 2. Children who conform to the authority of others and have the capacity to get along with their teachers and other authority figures. 3. Children who follow the religious beliefs of their parents 
attend the church of their parents and are likely to continue to do so, and four, children who identify with the, uh, the counterculture rebelling against norms of the society. The research was based on two primary parental influences, control and support. Control was defined as the ability to manage a child's behavior. Support was defined as the ability to make the child feel loved. The latter goes beyond simply telling the child that you love them. It means that you are physically and emotionally available in such a way that the child knows that you love them. They identified four parenting styles. The permissive parent offers high support but low control. The love of the child, they love the child but do little to monitor their behavior. The neglectful parent par- uh, provides low control and low support. This parent leaves the child alone to fend for themselves. The authoritarian parent seeks to control the child's behavior but offers little emotional support. The authoritative parent loves the child and exercises godly discipline. Naturally, one would assume that the authoritative parent would produce the best fruit and the research confirmed that. Uh, However, the parenting style that was second best in every category was was telling. Um... Each parenting style ranks in four categories, sense of worth, conform to authority, accept parents' religion, and rebel against society. The permissive parent ranks second in all categories, and the neglectful and authoritarian parent tied for the dubious distinction of raising the children most likely to rebel against the establishment. They shared third and fourth place in the other categories. The message is clear. The ability to love is more important than the ability to control, and that applies to parenting, education, work, uh, work, and society in general. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and the love of God is not dependent upon the object. We may not be able to control others, but whether we love them or not is not dependent upon them. It is dependent upon us. It is a measure of our character. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control, not child control, or spouse control, or staff control. When we struggle to manage the behavior of those under our authority, the temptation is to become more authoritarian, and that is not the direction a godly leader should go. In our opening story, Byron had made that mistake and ignored, or was ignorant, of Paul's advice in Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Spiritual leaders are instructed to shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those you, in your charge, but being examples to the flock. 1 Peter 5, 2-3 We are not suggesting that you opt for being a permissive leader or parent, but we are saying that ultimately the only one you can control is yourself. A rebellious child is not blocking our goal of loving of being loving parents, but the situation is testing our character. If we respond in the flesh, we are letting subordinates control us, which stands in stark contrast to those who respond in love. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not ignorant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 Godly people in positions of authority have the responsibility 
to provide leadership and exercise discipline, which is a proof of their love, Hebrews 12, 5-11. It is never right, however, to do so in the flesh. Disciplining children in anger is not exercising our God-given authority, it is undermining it. An angry parent may temporarily control a child's behavior, but what is the parent modeling and what is the lasting effect on the child? It is required of an elder that he manage his household well, but that must be done with all dignity, 1 Timothy 3, 4. The best managers in the world have problems, uh, as does every good parent. Godly ones just manage it well. The flesh has no dignity. It is mismanagement to say we have no problems or to blame others. Good managers own up to their mistakes, apologize when they respond in the flesh, and grow through the trials and tribulations of life. Such endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Romans 5, 4-5.